0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine Podcast. This is episode 20. I'm your host, Riley. This week, we're talking majors, and we're doing listener questions, tip of the week, all that kind of stuff. So we're gonna finish the show, tip of the week, uh, swing thought for you guys, practicing at home, if you guys live in a warmer climate, still able to practice outside. First of all, super jealous. Uh, But I'm also, a little swing tip to end the show. And then before that, we're going to go over some listener questions. I think I got two or three for you guys um, coming in. So keep sending questions in. It's awesome to hear feedback about the show. Awesome to get questions. And if you send in a question, more likely than not, it's going to end up on the show. So if you want you know, a question featured, it'll be here. I'm doing them all. And then uh, to start the show. Right now, we're going to go over all four of the 2021 majors happening this upcoming season. We're going to go over the venue. We're going to go over everything about the tournament, the field, and I'm going to predict the winners. I'm going to go over who could win it based on the layout, all that kind of stuff, and then I'm going to pick my winners. Is it going to be a little bit biased towards all my favorite players? Yes, and that's just how it goes. I'm going to obviously bring up other names, but I am super biased towards a couple guys on the PGA Tour. We are a very pro Roy McIlroy podcast. So if is he predicted to win one of them? Yep. But that's just because we're a Roy podcast. So that's how it goes. But let's just get right into it. So um, hopefully you guys had a wonderful holiday. Um, I know I did. It was a great time with family. Although obviously it sucks that you can't see extended family because of COVID-19. Hopefully you guys had a wonderful holiday. New Year's is this week. Stay at home. Don't go see a bunch of people. You can go get drunk with your family still, but don't see a bunch of people. Obviously, be safe. And then, uh, yeah, make sure you guys share or follow all the socials of the show, um, Twitter, Instagram, at twilight9pod, uh, and share the show. Share with anybody in your family or friends that loves golf and really watches the PGA Tour all the time or just need another show to listen to. Please share it around with your friends. The more popular the show gets, the more awesome stuff we're going to be able to get into this upcoming season. We already have a couple things planned um, with the upcoming tour schedule, which is going to be pretty awesome. But make sure you share it with all your friends that love golf because the bigger the show gets, the more stuff we're able to do, the more stuff I'm able able to provide for you guys, which would be incredible. So share the show, follow all the socials. Uh, but let's get into it. Major predictions without any setbacks, without any COVID-19 things, which hopefully won't happen because hopefully the players get the COVID vaccine. I'm sure just because sports is gigantic in America that at some point athletes will be in line to get the vaccine. So sports are no longer like a problem, no longer a difficult thing to do with obviously COVID-19 going on. The NFL has seen some serious stuff, um, with players out pretty much every single week. The PGA Tour actually did a pretty decent job. There was only a handful of guys that get it that had to sit out for a little bit, probably 10 to 15 guys. So they did a pretty good job. But again, golf's a little bit different because it's a little, it's naturally distant, right? Um, But hopefully without any setbacks, we're going to get all four majors this upcoming year. And the first one, of course, like it is every single season, Augusta. Well, except last year, I guess. But Augusta National. Um, The Masters, April 5th through the 11th is the entire. That's the Monday through Sunday. Masters week, the 5th through the 11th in April unsure if there will be fans. We're pretty much unsure if there will be fans at any PGA Tour event this year, Um, but chairman at Augusta National, Fred Ridley, was very hopeful that we'll have patrons there in at least some capacity. Uh, Obviously, a vaccine by that point will help. Who knows what that's going to happen? Who knows what the media access is going to be like on PGA Tour this year with everything going on? Who knows how many patrons they're going to let in? Who knows the fans every week at standard events? We just have no idea. Hopefully fans, because the Masters is definitely that one tournament where Fans bring the juice, man, at Augusta. rolling through the pines, they bring the juice. So having fans at Augusta National would be obviously crazy good and needed. Um, But Dustin Johnson, as you guys know, will be the returning defending champion. He just won like last month, a couple months ago now. And by a good a margin. I mean, he dominated that field. He looked like he was going to win entering the week. He was just playing really good golf. That playoff run he made was incredible. The Northern Trust won by a 1,000, runner-up at the BMW, won the Tour Championship. It was just kind of in the stars, if you want to call it, that Dustin Johnson was going to win the Masters, and he did. Gets his second title, second major title. And, yeah, it was just dominated fashion. But this one, Augusta National in the spring. I'm taking my guy. This is the one that I'm picking Rory McIlroy in. Have I picked Rory to win the last seven majors so he can, I mean the Masters, so he could complete the Grand Slam? Of course. That's how it works. But this is the time that I do think he gets it done. And I've said that for the past six, but who cares? This is the one I think. I'm going to ride with my guy every single time Augusta National comes around because that's what I do. In his last eight appearances at the Masters, He has finished outside the top 10 once, and that was in 2019, where he came in a tie for 21st. Showed serious nuts bouncing back last year, man, and a couple months ago, he opened with a 75, and it looked like he'd never played golf before. His tee shot on the 16th, a par 3, was one of the worst tee shots I think I've ever seen him hit. It, like, didn't even come close to hitting land. It was 20 yards into the pond. And then he comes back and shoots 66, 67, and 69 in the last three rounds. And you combine that, he's getting into gear with Augusta, and it's not even, like, outside the top 20. They're all inside the top 10 in this seven of his last eight. His worst out of that was a T10, if you take out the T21. So he's playing some seriously good golf at Augusta National. He usually plays great in the Florida Swing. He's the defending champion at the Players, which sounds crazy to say since that seems like it was played five years ago. But if you guys remember, and you probably do, after the first day of the players in 2020, that's when COVID-19 hit and PGA Tour stopped for a couple months. That's the tournament that was canceled. So technically, even though Hideki looked like he was well on his way to win that tournament after the first day, Rory McElroy is your defending players champion when they tee it up in March. So he usually plays well during the Florida Swing. The Arnold Palmer, he's won. Last year, he tied for fifth. So that time of year, his game is usually in a very good spot. And given that, Obviously, we don't know what his form is going to look like now. It's December, almost January in two months. Who knows what it's going to look like? But I'm just saying historically, his form is pretty decent in the Florida swing. Combine that with his recent history at Augusta and his need to win a green jacket for the career Grand Slam. I can see it. The conditions at Augusta National in the fall weren't up to par for where they normally are. In the spring, that is not going to be a problem. That course is going to be pristine like it always is every single year when it's in April. So I just think Roy McIlroy, this is the year 2021 when he comes in, gets his green jacket, gets that gets that gorilla off of his back and completes it. So I got Roy McElroy winning the 2021 Masters at Augusta National in Augusta, Georgia. PGA Championship is next up. Defending champion, Colin Morikawa. This one, this year, May 20th through the 23rd. Those are the four playing days. We're back at Kiowa Island, South Carolina. This venue hosted the PGA Championship back in 2012. If you guys watched that tournament, so eight years ago. And my guy, Rory, his record-breaking performance was at this golf course. He won the thing by eight strokes. He was 13 under, the next closest, if you guys do that quick math, five under, dominating. The largest margin A victory in the history of the tournament shot a final round 66 and that was for his second major victory uh broke actually jack nicholas i think um margin of victory record at that time broke it this is a pete Dye design same guy if you guys don't know the name this is the same guy that uh, designed tpc sawgrass harbor town tpc river highlands up in connecticut where they play the travelers championship same guy he's done legitimately hundreds of courses he's One of the all-time great golf architects, so this course is amazing. Little Linksy, it's a little on the water, dunesy, grassy. It's a beautiful golf course. If you guys haven't looked up pictures of it, go take a look at this place because it is really, really something to look at. Um, Wind can definitely play a factor here. It is a monster. It's a par seventy-two, and you can play up to seventy-eight, almost seventy-nine hundred yards. This thing is a beast. So you might be thinking to yourself, long hitters paradise? Probably. If I had to guess, probably. Um, With that kind of yardage, I was looking at the leaderboard back when they played in 2012, and there are some shorter hitters up there. But that's also short game and putting when yardage goes to that long. When it's 78, 7,900 yards, you're going to miss a decent amount of greens just because your approach shots are going to be longer irons. Obviously, the accuracy goes down when when the irons get longer. So short game is huge. So a blend of power in short game is going to be huge at this PGA championship. Um, So guys coming to mind with good short games and long hitters, Dustin Johnson, great short game, Bryson DeChambeau, his driver takes over his image, his brand. And I mean, that makes sense. He weighs 250 pounds and hits the ball 350 yards in the air. But his short game is very underrated. He's a very good putter. His inside 10 feet putting percentage is outrageous and his short game is really good. He's a really good chipper, of the golf ball, even with that one plane motion that he does, even when chipping, he has a very, very good short game. So he could be a guy to look at at Kua Island this year. I put Brooks in there. Brooks has a decent short game. His chipping technique is a little bit different than other guys on tour. He kind of compresses the ball and really hits ball, then ground. Like he takes divots when he chips, instead of using the bounce, which can sometimes get him into trouble. Um, but obviously his power is with anybody on tour. Then you got, and then you look at a guy like Rory, who the last time a major was held here, he won it by eight strokes. He's only gotten longer off the tee. His short game is very solid. It's very underrated. His bunker play is good. Um, obviously on the greens, he's a little, eh, he was a much better putter when he was younger, when he was winning tournaments by eight, 10 strokes, he was a better putter, but just because of his power, Just because of his long iron play, his short game is very underrated. He'll be up there if his flat stick is going. If not, he probably won't. He'll probably come in the top 30, maybe top 20. Uh, The putter is going to make the difference from him there. JT is going to be a guy to look at. I think JT is probably going to be my pick here. He won the PGA Championship back in 2017. Um And he's due. He hasn't won a major. It kind of, obviously, it was longer than with Rory. He hasn't won a major in, what, six years? But I think it goes a little under the radar that Justin Thomas hasn't won a major since 2017. It's the same as Jordan Spieth. And JT's always up there. So it's a little surprising that he hasn't won a major since then, but I think this is a course, he's long enough on the tee, off the tee, rather. Fantastic iron player. Phenomenal short game and a in a very solid putter that I think this course sets up for him. I think he could be very, very dangerous come PGA Championship time in May. So look out for JT. Um, I haven't made a surefire pick for the PGA Championship. I obviously just listed a bunch of guys. But if I had to pick one, it would either be Rahm, who obviously fits that, long hitter, crazy good short game, good wedge player, good putter, or JT. Those would be my two guys for the PGA Championship, John Rom and JT. But yeah, I cannot wait for that one. If you guys haven't checked out pictures of that golf course, go do that because it's phenomenal. Um, I need to play it. I need to get down there to play it. Obviously, I haven't yet, but right on the water, grassy, linksy, it's phenomenal. Next up, U.S. Open, June 17th through the 20th. This is at Tory Pines South. Um, this is probably one of the more boring hosts of the U.S. Open. I'm not a huge Tory Pines guy. The course is really pretty, Um I'm just not a big Tory Pines guy, but it's the South course it's in San Diego. The last time the U S open was here was tiger's battle with Rocco. Uh, he made that phenomenal putt on the 72nd hole to force it to a Monday playoff where it went 19 holes on Monday. Tiger ended up winning after the tournament. We learned that he was playing on a broken leg. Crazy. That was his 14th major. And then he wouldn't win another one until the masters. Um, so obviously some pretty big history at Torrey Pines. Tiger might be in it. I mean, he's going to play in the tournament, but who knows if he's going to compete. It's long. Thanks to a renovation in 2019 by Reese Jones, Torrey Pines got a lot more difficult and it can play up to 7,800 yards now. So it's a lot more difficult and can play a lot longer. So that's going to bring the same kind of guys in. Somebody with a that's shorter off the tee is really going to be have to be dialed in with long irons like a guy like Webb Simpson who always plays pretty decent in majors um is is gonna have to be really accurate with long irons um but my choice to win this is another one of my guys um and just because of the storyline pretty much and of his history in the U.S. Open Xander Shoffley Grew up in San Diego. He's a San Diego kid, hometown kid, looking for his first major victory. He's a big game hunter, always plays well in the big, big tournaments. And his record at the U.S. Open is, is borderline ridiculous. So 2017 at Aaron Hills, he was 10 under, tied for fifth. 2018 at Shinnecock, he was plus six, and that was good enough for a tied for sixth. 2019 at Pebble Beach, he was seven under. That was tied for third. And then this year at Wingfoot 2020, he was four over, and that was solo fifth. He's unbelievable at the U.S. Open, which tells a lot about his game. The U.S. Open is the hardest test of golf that the guys go through every single year. They're set up to be extremely difficult, skinny fairways, long, rough, fast greens. Everything is going against you, and his game is so good that it doesn't matter. He hasn't finished outside the top 10 in his, U- is in his U.S. Open career. You add that to a local course, a local kid, grew up in the area, that storyline is just too good. I'm going to pick Xander to win that tournament. Everybody is going to pick Xander to win that tournament. If He's, he's going to be in the top three favorite, um, probably favorite-wise, like betting-wise, he's going to be in the top three favorites, if not top five. So yeah, I just love Xander at that tournament. The history at the US Open combined with the hometown kid, too good of a storyline. I'll take Xander to win the US Open and then the Open Championship. July 15th through the 18th. This was the only major not rescheduled and played last year. We played the other three. This one was not, uh, it's at Royal St. George's incredible golf course. Last time I was played there, it was in 2011. Darren Clark was the winner guys like Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, and Ricky Fowler all finished inside the top five. Actually that, that year, which is pretty crazy. That's a young Ricky and a pretty young DJ. Also, um, it's a par 70, right around 71 and 7,100 yards At the open, you need to be able to play that style of golf course. You can't bring in the American type of of golf when you're hitting it as high in the air as possible, stopping wedges on the green, bombing driver, high launch angle, all that kind of stuff. You need to be able to play Lynx golf. You need to be able to hit it low. granted, Like Tiger – 2000, 2005, won at St. Andrews both times because he can play that kind of golf, right? You need to be able to hit it low. You need to be able to be creative around the greens. Your approach shots need to land short. You need to do all of that kind of stuff. So, grinders come to mind when it comes to the open. You got like Shane Lowry is a grinder. That's the kind of guy that wins the US Open, he's the defending champion. Grinders come to mind. Patrick Reed could be a problem at the Open because he just grinds. He doesn't give up. Matthew Fitzpatrick is the same exact way. He just grinds. If you guys remember at the Memorial, that last day, the Sunday, was impossible. The The greens were borderline rock. The wind was up. Everything was just dry just because Jack was doing a bunch of renovations after the tournament. They started doing renovations before the tournament was even over. But Matty Fitzpatrick is a guy... Obviously, being a Euro kid, would love to win the Open. He's a grinder. I could see him winning. Obviously, at this course, distance isn't going to play that much of a factor because it's only seventy-one hundred yards. So we'll see. Par seventy, par are seventy-one hundred yards. Those are the kind of guys that I think could win. But my pick is another one of my guys. He's due for a big win. He always plays fantastic on the Euro Tour and has good history at the Open. And that's Tommy Fleetwood. I'm going. I'm going again. I'm going uh, with another one of my guys. He's due, the Englishman is due for a big win. He's a fantastic Lynx player, always plays well on the Euro Tour, like I said. And his history. Let's go over his history real quick. So he's played in the the Open Championship six times. The first three attempts, he missed the cut. In his last three attempts, he's just been trending continuously in the right direction. 2017 was at Royal Burkdale. Spieth won the whole get my ball against Matt Kuchar, took 25. 25 hours to play his ball when it landed three holes over, whatever. Last time Jordan Spieth won, I think, actually. But 2017, he tied for 27th. 2018, at Carnoustie, when his buddy won over Tiger, um, uh, Molinari. Tied for 12th, so inside the top 15 now. And then you move a year later to 2019, the last time the Open was played at Royal Port Rush when Shane Lowry won as the hometown hero, solo second. So a guy with that kind of trending history at the Open can play that style of golf, a disgustingly good ball striker. He's unbelievable with his irons. He's very good off the tee, can hit it low, can hit it high, understands how to play that concept of golf, that Euro style of golf. I'm going to pick my guy. Tommy Fleetwood will be a major champion at the Open Championship July 15th through the 18th at Royal St. George's. I will take my guy. So that's it, guys. Those are the four majors. Those are my four champions. Uh, to recap, Roy McElroy, Augusta National Masters, PGA Championship, either John Rahm or Justin Thomas at Kiowa Island, South Carolina, U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, South Course, San Diego. I'll take my guy Xander Shoffley with his history at the U.S. Open, has never finished outside, 6th. And then at the Open Championship, July 15th through the 18th at Royal St. George's, the same course it was supposed to be at last year, but because of COVID, they canceled it. I will take Tommy Fleetwood. History at the Open, trending in the right direction at the tournament, fantastic ball striker, all that stuff. I'll take Tommy Fleetwood. So after that, guys, with that out of the way, let's get into some listener questions. We got two, and they're pretty simple. Um, The first one comes from Ethan. And he was just curious on what I have in the bag. So a quick little what's in the bag for you guys. Um, My bag right now is actually a little out of sorts and a little unique, I guess you could call it, hopefully with 2021 around the corner with some news I hope to break soon on the show. It'll be a little bit better than that. But right now I don't have a driver in the bag. My shaft um, broke which is not great. Uh, I had a Nike Vaporfly, I think, in there um, with the driver. Three wood. I have a Callaway Big Bertha. I think it's a 2017 Big Bertha. It's my money club. A little two 270 to 280 off the tee, usually a little bit of a draw. I love that club. Probably one of my favorite clubs in the bag. Then I have a tailor-made tour preferred three iron from probably the mid-teens, probably 2015, 2016. I love that club too. That's kind of my... Rescue, not rescue club off the tee, but like a three hundred and forty yard par four. That's what I'm hitting off the tee, and then I have a four iron. That's that's technically a Nike Fly, I think, uh, five iron, but they're it's uh, the loft is one club strong, so it's technically a four iron. So that's my four iron, and then five through pitching wedge is the. Callaway Protos from 2014. Uh, I know Patrick Reed was playing something that looked just like them for a couple years. Uh, I'm I love them. It's they're probably the, my favorite irons I've ever owned. Um, I had a full set of Nikes before that, and then I went to Blades uh, right after I turned pro. And since I went to Blades, I will never go back there. Nothing feels better when you hit a blade well. So Callaway Protos, my 52 degree. Wedge is a Titleist Vokey 56 is a Cleveland and then I have a 60 degree wedge that is a Vokey so I'm kind of all over the place with that kind of stuff just a very very mixed bag doesn't really stick to like a certain brand Um, I got like some of my clubs just for like free so I just put them in the bag if I like them and that's kind of what happens and then I have a tailor-made uh, copper putter. It's the. It's not the blade, but it's also not a mallet. It's just got like a little like half moon on the back. I forget like what they call that shape, uh, but that's the putter. So that's the bag. Uh, it's great. I love it. The putter is money. If you guys are looking into getting a new putter, TaylorMade is is on is on the rise when it comes to putters that spider X is probably the best putter I've ever held in my hands. It aligns to the ball perfectly. If you guys are looking for a new putter, go get that one. Uh, that hopefully will be my putter in the bag come 2021. Um, Vokey wedges are probably my favorite. I love tireless when it comes to wedges irons, a lot of stuff feels good. I love the tailor made, the new tailor made, the muscle backs and they're beautiful too. So that helps. Uh, yeah, I'm just a big blade guy, but that's the, what's in the bag. Um, thank you, Ethan, for the question. And then Gabe asked, what's my favorite club in the bag? And I actually went over this in my interview with Drew from blue tees, probably like a month ago. I think that episode was maybe a month and a half ago. Um, mine's my eight iron. So my eight iron is very versatile for me. I can draw it. I can cut it. I can choke down on it. I can really get after it. A stock eight iron for me probably goes right around like one, 70-ish like right around in that zone, but I can choke down and make it cut and it'll go 150 or if I draw it a lot and step on it I can make it go 180, so it's kind of that versatile club that I can make go a range of 30 yards. Love my 8 iron. Um second is probably my 3 wood, the Callaway Big Bertha. It's got an extra stiff shaft in it. It's perfect. I love it. I don't know if I've ever had a 3 wood that good. It's just been so pure for me. You can hit a cut, hit a draw off the tee, hit it high, hit it low. It's just been really good. And then third favorite's probably that the copper putter. I love the tailor-made putter. It feels so good on the face. The red insert is money and the weighting is perfect. And it's adjustable. You can screw out the little weights off the bottom. It's really good. Um, but yeah, favorite club in the bag overall, probably my eight iron. Kind of random. A lot of guys like their driver or putter, but mine's just an eight iron. Um, I actually saw the PGA Tour asked a bunch of guys what their favorite club was, and most of them said driver, like Brooks said driver. Uh, Zach Johnson said a wedge, and somebody said a putter, I forget. And then Rory just said a six iron, which I think is super like a oh, six iron. That's kind of random, but I guess eight iron is super random too, so there you go. Um, so that does it for listener questions. Make sure you guys are sending in, uh, you can send them on the Instagram page, on my Instagram page at Riley Hamill underscore at twilight nine pod or the contact email Riley at, uh, twilight nine.com. Send in your questions wherever, however you want to do it. Uh, but that's where I get them from. So final thing for the episode, my tip of the week. So last week we went over a drill, um, with the towel behind the ball and that stuff This one, this one's a little bit different. This one's not a drill. This is just a swing thought. So I actually learned this a couple, a couple years ago, maybe a two and a half years ago. And I've been kind of teaching my students it ever since. And it's very simple, but people don't really like think about it. Jack Nicholas swing thought when he was playing golf was at the start of the downswing, feel as though your back stays pointed to the target for longer, meaning you stay closed for longer. Your hips can start forward or bounce forward or start opening, but feel as though your back stays pointed to the target just for a split second longer. And you do that because a lot of players come over the top, meaning the hands get pulled in front of them too much or that right shoulder for a right golfer comes over the top and kind of rotates out and everything, you know, slices or huge pulls, whether the club face is doing another thing or not. Staying closed at the top of your downswing Allows your arms to drop more straight down your body, allowing it, allowing you to very easily hit the ball from the inside if that's what it does. If you stay closed and allow your lower body to open a little bit and your back stays closed for a little bit, those arms are going to drop straight down and then you can attack the inside of the golf ball, which is what we want to do because you can hit a draw from there, cut from there, straight ball from there, anything you want from the inside of the golf ball. So that's my tip for the week. If you guys look it up, I think somebody from Golf Channel actually did like a visual explanation of it. If you just search like Golf Channel Jack Nicholas Swing Thought, it should come up. Uh, but I learned that a couple years ago, and I've been telling all my students since because I think it's just like a really simple thing to think about to allow your the shaft to shallow. So that's it, guys. That's the show. Um, make sure you guys follow both of the social accounts, the Twitter and the Instagram. They're both the same at twilight9pod. Keep an eye out on the twilight9 blog, twilight9.com. The instructional content, I know I said it last week, but is actually starting this week. I said that last week, but then forgot Christmas was on Friday. Uh, so that was been a little bit rough timing. So this Friday is actually the start of the instructional series. Really looking forward to that. So keep an eye out on twilight9.com. Follow all of the socials. Subscribe to the show wherever you're uh, listening to the podcast, either Apple, Spotify, all that stuff. Make sure you subscribe, download the show, and very much appreciate it. Share it around to family, friends, anybody in your life that you know loves golf. Share it to anybody. Um, Really looking forward to growing the show for 2021 and being able to do some seriously fun stuff. So share it around, follow the socials, and I will talk to you guys next week and finally doing some betting information for you guys so I'm super pumped but I will talk to you guys next week appreciate it guys.